Remember in life, we don't need to be taught. We need to be reminded. And that's why I'm going to go over this every single time that we have this week. So this week coming up is Deload Week. We do this once every quarter. Um, so you're probably going to hear this same podcast with the same concepts and maybe slowly see it mature and evolve over time, obviously. Uh, but I want to talk about why we do deload, what I do for deload, how we program deload, thinking about a deload lifestyle mindset. So how we treat nutrition, how we treat um, any type of maybe semi-addictions and like little things to kind of help reset your body. Um, I think deload is a really, really important concept from a training perspective, but I've actually kind of let this mature into more of a kind of like a lifestyle approach in the best way to say it, right? So I'm going to go over everything. I'm going to talk with just kind of the training stuff first of what we do here at Functional Lifestyles. Then I'm going to kind of just break down the conversation um, and what everything else I'm talking about. So how I do that with nutrition, how I do that with everything lifestyle, okay? So from a training perspective, like the way that we program, just for those that are, you know, just listening to this or haven't heard me talk about this, like we program 13-week mesocycles, which is broken down into three parts, a six-week cycle, a second six-week cycle, and a one-week deload, right? The way that we do our six-week cycles is every day of the week is a different workout, and it's repeated six times. So basically, like what you do on Monday is going to be the same workout every Monday for six weeks. Um, the whole concept of training in order to get people you know, stronger, faster, smarter, and have any type of adaptation is you need to have a consistent stimulus that your body actually can have an adaptation towards. Um, so that's kind of the whole concept of progressively overloading the body from a training perspective. Um, then we do a second six-week cycle, program the exact same way, and then we do a one-week deload week, right? So this 13-week, um, for those that know me from a personal standpoint, you know how OCD I am with certain things. So I love 13-week mesocycles because 13 times 4 is 52 weeks, so it breaks up our year into a perfect quarter. Um, and it's just a great way to kind of keep everything organized on it from a training perspective and everything else, right? Now, deload itself, the way that we write it here is we do an ABC workout repeated twice, right? So Monday, Wednesday, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are all different. And then what we did on Monday is on Thursday, Tuesdays on Friday, and Wednesdays on Saturday. Um, the reason why we do that is uh, I don't think deload needs to be overly complicated. I don't think it needs that much diversity. I think it just needs to be really kind of focused on a big core concept of active recovery, right? Like, can we get our body more into a parasympathetic state? Can we focus a little bit more on range of motion and mobility? Can we focus more on breath work? Can we focus more on tempo and position? Um, can we do things that still give your body input but allow it to be more restorative, right? Like that's the entire point of a deload. Um, I don't think deload for those listening that are kind of doing their own training is necessarily something that you guys need to be doing once every quarter. Um, I actually think it probably can be done more frequent, but there's a lot that kind of, there's a lot of context to that, obviously. Like if you're someone that's training at a higher volume or a higher intensity, you're probably going to want more frequent deloads. If you're someone that's dealing with injuries, um, really listening to your body and going by feel, you probably could take more deloads. Um, the one thing I'll tell you from a business perspective is, uh, most of our clients, the reason why we do deload here is every client and athlete, including myself in this conversation that I've ever worked with, kind of sucks at recovery and doing mobility work, right? Like they're just not good at doing the restoration work, right? Because it's not as exciting to them. It's not as fun to them. Um, you know, my team hears me say this, that every position in life has a boring part to it. Um, it has a part that you're really not that excited about, right? So if you were to think about being a salesperson, making calls, not fun. Selling the person, making commission, getting them to be on your product or service, that's more fun. Uh, being a parent and seeing your kid grow up and accomplish all these things, that's fun. Waking up at 3 a.m. to change their diaper, that's not fun. So every role in life has a boring part. 
So from a training perspective, that tends to be deload, right? Deload is just the part that's just like, you don't really wake up excited about it. Now, I will speak from a personal place here, um, from dealing with injuries, from training for 15 years now, um, from owning the business for five years, from programming for 13, 14 years. Um, I love deloads. Like my body subconsciously starts to crave them when I'm like nine to like that nine to 12 week of both of those cycles is kind of where I'm like, okay, my body's really needing kind of some restoration work. Um, so I like to just really, I, I look forward to deload, I guess is the best way to say that. Right. So for me, like I love deload and the clients don't because if I did deload more often, you it's funny if you were to look at our attendance and just look at the numbers over everything, like attendance drops on deload. Like people just think like, oh, okay, well that's boring. I'm not going to come. Um, what I like to say to people is if you're taking a day off or a week off, it's still a deload in itself. So it might not be the best way financially because you're wasting sessions by not coming and using them, but it's still a deload, right? So it's still giving your body some rest. So I think deload is the most important thing from sustainability, from injury prevention, um, from, you know, keeping your body kind of fresh as you go into new cycles so you can actually still progressively overload. Because you got to remember, when there's a stimulus, there's an adaptation phase. With adaptation, after a long time, there's eventually going to be a plateau phase. Like, eventually, your body kind of gets used to that stimulus, right? And rest, even though it feels like a step backwards or time off, is actually taking one step back to kind of be slingshotted five steps forward. Um, it's an important concept to understand, right? So, the way that we write them, and something that you guys can do for deload is... Workout A for us is half circuit, total body, and half yoga. So our circuit, I try to go through when I program this um, to be very um, full range of motion and as many patterns of motion as possible, right? So what I mean by that is we do some pushing, we do some pulling, we do some hinging, we do some squatting, we do some twisting, um, and we kind of just do like a little mini circuit, right? So 40 seconds on, 20 seconds off five rounds with a minute and a half rest in between each round. So it's still kind of like structured with work to rest ratio. We're not really pushing intensity. Um, we're not pushing weight. You know, we're not really, we're just encouraging just movement, right? Getting your body to breathe a little bit harder and move through full ranges of motion. Um, so it's a little bit more total body in itself. And then the last half of the workout, the last 30 minutes is just going to be all kind of more static, restorative, corrective type of like stretching. So we call it floga, which is just like our version of yoga. Um, you know, and I think stretching for most people is something that a lot of people just kind of push to the sides and don't really do enough of. So having 30 minutes of just dedicated time to just really just like relax into these hips and relax into the shoulders and relax into the joints and muscles to give your body that little rest and rest- restoration that it needs is a super important thing. And to be honest with you, including myself, I think no one really does it enough, especially inside of strength training gyms, right? Um, so that yoga session, I actually... I, I would say it's my favorite. It's probably my second favorite. I think Tuesday is my favorite workout. Um, but I love the yoga part of it, right? Because it's just like one of those things I just don't dedicate enough time to. And I know pretty much every client I work with also doesn't dedicate enough time to it. Um, when you look at fitness, and you guys have heard me say this, there's movement stuff, there's aerobic stuff, and then there's strength stuff, right? We do a lot of strength. We do a decent amount of aerobic and aerobic work. Um, we encourage people to do as much aerobic outside and as much movement outside. Movement would be like yoga, tai chi, pilates, jujitsu, just something more movement-based. Um, I think everyone from a postural standpoint, being a modern-day human, needs to be incorporating more general movement throughout the day, some more walking, more squatting, more hanging around and like half kneeling, tall kneeling, sitting on the floor versus on a chair, like just general movement throughout the day because that's really what makes your body feel good. 
Um, but more importantly, like the reason why we kind of do yoga and I always tell people like I like to play my reggae music. We like to focus on breath work is like you want to let your body come back to this parasympathetic state. When you're training and you're really just kind of always having a sympathetic tone, meaning your body's always kind of having a stress, um, you're eventually going to have a point of diminishing returns, right? So having those little things like that is a really big piece. Tuesday, like I said, is definitely my favorite workout. So Tuesday is strictly all body weight training. Um, we warm up with a bunch of animal crawls. If anybody knows me and my style, I love animal crawls. Clients do not love animal crawls though, right? So, you know, bear crawl, leopard crawl, spider crawl, duck walk, um, crab walk. Just like I think the animal flow stuff and the animal crawls, even though it's hard, it's like a great way to turn on the core. It's a great way to get the, you know, the body to stabilize itself. It's a great way to get the body to move through full range of motion. Um, and it really, it takes no equipment, right? Like it's a super, super easy thing to do. I personally, if I were to pick one warm up over anything else in the world, It'd be Animal Crawls for sure for me because I think it's one of the things that gets my entire body to turn on, but it hits all aspects of it. It hits range of motion. It hits stability. It hits strength. It hits almost borderline aerobic. Like It just turns everything on and warms your body up, and I think it literally is the most effective tool for warm-ups. Um, and then we go into like some tempo works. I think we have like some... We start doing some like RNT, which is reactive neuromuscular training. So like doing split squats with a band pulling on the knee inside to kind of just like more corrective base strength work with the body weight. Super, super tempoed work. Um, so the whole point of tempo is to really pay attention to feeling position, having a little bit more body awareness. Uh, you know, just in general, I think we do a lot of tempo work here, but especially during the deload week, I, I just put like crazy tempos. Um, and why I put crazy tempos is like in order to really understand and own a position, your body has to have not only contraction in that position and range, not only can it have breath and controlled breath in that range, um, but sometimes we need to start a little slower to actually feel the position that we're in. Because a lot of times we can throw momentum into the equation and velocity and force and kind of the speed and all that stuff that kind of starts to pile up. And it's very easy for us to lose that connection neuromuscularly. So tempo is just a great thing to do there. And then I think we finish off with like, I think there's one thing with weights. It's like either running or carries or banded sprints or something kind of just aerobically built into the end of that. And then Wednesday is another big day. We pick Wednesday as kind of a day to focus on some of the more difficult lifts for people, which I view as overhead pressing and uh, from a range of motion perspective range of motion, um, overhead pressing, and then hinging. So like things like deadlifting. So we do deadlifting and overhead pressing. And we really try to focus on a lot of like in the warm up and the reset phase, focusing on doing some soft tissue or stretching and opening up these ranges, doing more tempo work, doing more lockout work, doing a lot of eccentric, doing things that kind of get people to really feel that position a little bit more. So that's a huge piece for us on Wednesday. Um, so that's kind of how we write the overall workouts, right? It doesn't need to be complicated. I mean, like that, that's just how we do it. And there's a, definitely a million and one ways to do it. Um, so when you're thinking about putting a deload for yourself, like think about the things that you struggle with the most. Like what exercises do you really struggle with? Um, what ranges of motion do you struggle with? What muscle groups are you weak in? Um, what are the little kind of detailed maintenance pieces that you need to add in? And that's kind of what I would make your prime focus. And then lower intensity and lower volume and do it just like do it for feel. Do it for movement. Don't do it for stimulus and don't do it for like the point of exercising, right? Um, movement and exercise, even though they're in the same dimension, you know, for us in our six dimensions, like they are different, right? Like movement is restorative. Exercise is not. Like <laughs> Exercise is a stimulus, right? Um, but to kind of follow up, something that I'm doing um, that I'm trying to keep really as the deload to kind of help me stay structured with this is what I'm going to be doing pretty much once a quarter 
is uh, every deload week, I'm going to do a decaf. Like, no caffeine. I'm just going to go decaf the entire week for seven days. Um, second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to try to do a two-day fast every quarter, right? So I think fasting, and I've talked about this in maybe previous podcasts on stuff why I do the decaf or, like, fasting benefits from a nutrition standpoint or weight loss standpoint or gut health standpoint. I personally am doing it more from a gut health and a craving standpoint. Um, I don't have any weight loss goals. Um, some people do, and it's obviously going to be just another added benefit uh, from longevity and autophagy and all these other kind of benefits that fasting provides. I personally, like, I think uh, naturally my diet, like, I, I'm pretty good for the most part. I would say 70 minimum, probably closer to 75, 80, you know, 75 to 80% of the time. Like, we're shopping for our own food. We cook at home. I meal prep. I do majority of my breakfasts at home. 20 to 25 percent or 20 to 30 percent you know we eat out or we eat a little crappier food or something that's maybe be off labeled as kind of non-diet item or whatever the hell you want to call it um so what i've noticed about myself personally is that that you know once every like few months i kind of just like get a little off track and i'm starting to crave sweets again or i'm starting to kind of just be a little lax a days ago with some of the foods that i'll eat so like last night was a perfect example well actually this week has been a perfect example uh, we have a rule in our house. This is a side note that if it's above 90 degrees in the thermostat by the time I get home that we're going to the brewery and having a beer. Um, having a beer, having alcohol, I think is something that really naturally is just going to make you crave the shittier foods or the more unhealthier, sweeter, refined process, whatever it is, right? Um, so last night we cooked dinner. When we got home, we made like ground beef and broccoli and mushrooms and garlic and did that over rice. So pretty solid meal there. Uh, had a glass of wine with it too, as normal. And then, uh, I had two cinnamon rolls when I bought a bottle of wine. So that would be what we would deem is probably not ideal to have it, you know, nine o'clock at night or 10 o'clock, whatever time it was when we ate. So like those little things, I catch myself, like th- those cravings come in. And what I think for me, what's really cool about fasting, and I do this intermittently throughout the week. And then some days I just wake up and I'm like, Hey, I'm just going to eat breakfast a little later. or I'm just going to skip dinner or whatever it might be. Naturally for me, it's a little bit easier to skip breakfast. So you want to find something that you'll be more compliant with that's easy for you. Um, but doing a longer fast once a quarter, I think, is a really incredible and powerful tool for our health and our weight loss and our gut and everything else I was talking about. So what I'm going to do, and just if you guys want to do this and join me uh, kind of in this little routine for the week, is I'm going to basically have dinner on Sunday, have a normal day Sunday. I'm not going to have any food on Monday, so I'm going to have, like, you know, water. I'll probably have, if I do, I'm just going to have, like, black coffee maybe with, like, I might even do like a little bit of fat fast, maybe put like a little bit of MCT oil powder, but like no protein, no carbs, and that'd be like the only thing to kind of help with my gut, just to make it a little bit easier on my gut. Um, but I'm not even sure. I might even just skip coffee because obviously the coffee would be decaf anyways. Um, so whatever, I'm going to go no food all day Monday. So lots of water, lots of salt. I'm going to definitely drink an electrolytes. Electrolytes don't break the fast. Don't stress about that. Black coffee or tea doesn't break the fast. Don't stress about that. Um, and then I'm going to have dinner on Tuesday. So I'm basically going to have no food Monday. No breakfast for lunch Tuesday and uh, go back to normal starting from Tuesday night on. So that'd be 48 hours between Sunday night and Tuesday night, right? So that's kind of a good way to give my body a little reset there. The decaf is naturally what I would say is try to pick things maybe that you're a little bit more addicted to or maybe things that you're a little bit more dependent on if you don't want to use the word addiction. Um, And try to do it like once a quarter or once in a while. Just like give your body a little break. Like fasting from food. I'm technically fasting from caffeine from the week. I might be fasting from alcohol during the week, right? Um, I personally, to be realistic with you guys and transparent with everybody, I'm going to go no alcohol, but we're going to be in Healdsburg for July 4th, Friday on to Monday. 
And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm definitely going to drink. So I'm just going to do Monday through Thursday and whatever, right? Like it's not always going to be perfect. So who cares? Um, it's better than not. Like I literally have alcohol every single night of the week with dinner. So like having a glass of wine with dinner is totally normal for me. So I'm going decaf all week. I'm going to go a two-day fast from Sunday to Tuesday. I'm going to go no alcohol Monday through Thursday. Um, and just try to like really think like for you guys personally listening to this, like what are the things that you feel you'd have more of a dependence on? And that could be anything. Maybe that could be social media fast, right? Maybe that can be uh, watching TV or maybe, I don't know. Like I'm trying to think what other people would be addicted to or games or whatever, right? So like whatever you feel like you have more of an addiction slash dependence on, um, I think it's really powerful to like once a quarter at least give yourself a solid week off of those things, right? Or at least like have a huge reduction in what you're currently taking in. Uh, because this is a good way to reset. It's the same kind of concept that we have for deloading the body from a training perspective. It's the same thing you're doing for your body, right? So when it comes to nutrition, doing food fast or doing a sweet fast or doing an alcohol fast or doing a caffeine fast, um, doing a TV fast, doing a social media fast, um, maybe like trying to really focus on sleep for one week, it's like a good way to kind of just get us all back on track, right? So when it comes to you know deload, I, I, I kind of preach this deload mindset, right? That like, Once, you know, it's the same concept with work, right? Like we like to take vacations. We like to take time off. And, uh, you know, maybe for you guys, it's taking a vacation once a week or like one week every quarter or one week every year, whatever you obviously schedule and financially can handle. Uh, Those little resets for our body socially or mentally or emotionally or physically or nutritionally, like doesn't matter what dimension or what area of life that you're working in or what bucket, like take the opportunity to really be creating awareness around like, hey, what am I actually struggling with? Or what am I having more of a dependence on? Or what am I doing maybe too much of? Um, maybe what am I having too much stimulus in? And then what are, what's a way that I can kind of help, you know, create some reduction around it or moderate it? Because the cool thing about taking time off um, is you naturally are going to figure out one or two things. I think this, you know, as I, as I speak on this, I think it could go both ways for some people. Sometimes, and this is kind of like the diet mindset, like when you go too strict too fast, um, you tend to rebound faster and harder than you did previously, right? Which is why I think it's really like, a, you know, you have to be aware of like moderation, right? With everything you do. Um, so maybe not making it a drastic thing. For those that have never fasted before, maybe just have one meal a day instead of three, right? Maybe make that your fast, right? Or maybe make it a 24-hour fast. Um, well, I guess that old man would be kind of the same thing, but whatever it is, like, you just want to make sure that you're really kind of paying attention to what you're doing. Like for someone that's like drinking a lot or having a lot of coffee or coffee, like try to find a way to reduce it and maybe only do it for a week. Because I think when it's too extreme, too fast, too intense, the rebound tends to be the thing. But what I've learned from doing this is that like, it allows me to kind of get rid of some of those bad habits and just like reduce some of what I'm doing. Right. And that's kind of the overall goal for me is like, I don't ever, I don't kind of believe in the cold turkey mentality with most things in life. And that's just me personally. Um, but I definitely want to be able to moderate those things where I have balance in what I'm doing, balance in my training, balance in my relationship, balance with my food, balance with my sweets, balance with my alcohol. Um, and it's naturally very easy to kind of just let those things under to domino in either direction. So taking kind of a little bit of a week off or taking some time off or building in that moderation, the structure, I think is a really, really important thing for everybody. So I just kind of wanted to shoot that your way and kind of why we do deload from a training perspective, why I think deload from a lifestyle approach is a great way to kind of live because building in the moderation, building in the balance is always is always going to be something that I sit here and try to preach to you guys. Um, because that's where I think all kind of healthiness and, you know, happiness really lies is like trying to find that sweet spot between both of those and really pay attention to yourself and become aware of 
what am I creating more of a dependence on? What am I maybe doing a little bit too much of? And how do I best moderate that and add structure? And for me, like the deload makes it easier to keep it structure because I know like this is the one week in my training where I'm not training anymore. So I'm going to just make that the easiest way to just do all my shit during that week. I'm going to deload my training. I'm going to deload my caffeine. I'm going to deload my alcohol. I'm going to deload social media. I'm going to deload whatever it is, right? And I'm just going to make that the one week that I know that I have planned in my head. Because when you do it without structure, um, it's naturally easy for you to go like, oh, shit, it's been a year since I've done this, right? So, like, make sure you guys find a way for you to really figure out, like, what's the best way to stay organized with it. Um, because then you at least have some, like, mental prep coming into it. Um, you have a better way to kind of just mentally organize your time throughout the year in the macro scale. And that's obviously going to be the best way to kind of just keep it consistent in the routine. So this way it is something that's more sustainable. Okay. All right, guys, as always, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. I hope you guys can take away something from this. And uh, if you guys are going to join me on this, let me know, because I'll be kind of shooting out some just random tips and things that I'm going to be doing personally when I do fasting from food or when I do caffeine fast, like little things that can kind of help you guys make it easier in the transition for you guys. Okay. All right. Other than that, have a great weekend and I'll see you guys next week.